Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is a sermon for September 8, 2019, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is entitled, Betrayal, Hurt, and Forgiveness. It's based on Philemon, verses 15 and 17. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copen. Grace and God's peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. text for the message comes from the book of Philemon. Let us pray. O God, in our hurt and in our pain, we we seek to be the judge over all. Help us to leave all that to You. Heal our pain. Fill our lives with Your forgiveness and Your love. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. In verses 15 through 17, we heard today perhaps the reason he, Onesimus, was separated from you for a little while was so that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He was very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Our text. A preacher by the name of James Massey shared this story. He said, I was browsing in a book department in a, in a shopping center waiting for my wife to complete her shopping, and I happened over here, a young wife pleading with her husband, saying, here's something you give your dad for Christmas. And the tone, he said, sounded weary and, and, and final as if they'd been searching for quite some time. And he said, I, saw, I turned somewhat casually, giving a sidelong glance, and the husband drew near and examined the object that she lifted up for him to look at, an excellently crafted model of a ship done in hand-carved wood. The young man grabbed for the price tag and stunned, he sort of blurted out, Ah, come on, $35? And he snapped, he's not worth that much. And this pastor said, I shuddered, wondering what the father had done to spoil that son's regard for him. How much is a father worth? How much is a son or daughter worth? The son was hurting inside with, uh, from something his father had had or had not done toward him. Now in a search for a cheap gift, he was betraying his own cheap view of his father's worth. That son did not feel valued, so he was unwilling to confer value. If only that young man had known his worth in the sight of God. If only he could have been forgiven, if only he could have forgiven his father. If only you could find release from his feelings, he could be an agent of love to make his father sense his worth. That anger, the bitterness, that unwillingness to forgive are, are really a part of our everyday lives, aren't they? I mean, take a moment and think back over your life. Maybe even consider your current circumstances. What was the worst time that anyone has ever wronged or hurt you? Notice I said, when was the worst time? I'm under no illusion that none of us have ever been hurt. I mean, we we don't live in a vacuum, right? Uh, To be alive is to interact with other people who are sinners just like us. That means that at some point in time, we all experience the pain that a broken relationship can cause. We can add to that pain by refusing or or seeking ways to resolve, to seek ways to resolve differences, or or to forgive the other person involved, or or be so reconciled to that person again. Deep wounds come from a lot of different places. 
Maybe your spouse has wounded you so deeply to the point that you're not sure you could ever forgive them. Some of you may be carrying wounds caused by an abusive parent. Wounds that, cause, that you carry around to this day. Wounds that adversely affect all of your relationships. Perhaps even to this day, memories of what it was like to never quite live up to that parent's expectations still echo in your mind and you still feel the pain of harsh and unkind criticism. More and more people are expressing hurt from, from their children and grandchildren who, who have totally turned away from their upbringing. I mean, you pour out your, uh, your love as best you can, uh, best as you know how, and you've, you've passed on those Christian values, those beliefs, uh, you, you've agonized in prayer, and you've wept uh, frequently, only for that faith and even Jesus himself to be rejected again and again. The ways that we can be hurt, the number of times that we can be hurt, the, the depth of that hurt, it's going to vary. But the fact is that sometime we all experience pain and feel disappointment because something has happened to us in a relationship. When that, when that rift opens up between people, we're in danger of forgetting that forgiveness and that reconciliation are an essential part of our Christian faith. And we prefer to harden our hearts, right? Turn our backs on what had once been that special relationship. I, mean, I don't think I need to go any further about how, how an unforgiving spirit can affect us, how it affects our health and the people in our lives. In our first reading today from Philemon, we, as I said, we have this unique experience as far as weekend worship scripture readings go. We heard the whole thing, <laughs> the whole book of the Bible, the whole letter. This letter of Philemon uh, provides some insight into the way that forgiveness is really at the center of the Christian's way of life. In all honesty, Philemon isn't as much a book as it is a very personal letter uh, written from one Christian to another, making an appeal for forgiveness, an appeal for uh, restitution. Maybe it's a test case, if you will, to determine whether Christianity and our faith in Christ really makes any kind of difference at all in our personal relationships. If our faith in Jesus can't help us here, then it can't help us anywhere, can it? You see, there's an assumption behind this letter that forgiveness is not an easy thing to do. Uh, the more natural thing to do is to what? It's to hold on to that hurt, uh, to hold on to those grudges, to speak badly about the other person uh, with whom we've had a falling out have nothing to do with that other person. After all, hey, we are the ones that have been hurt. And it's up to the other person to grovel and apologize. <laughs> Even if we're not sure that we can let bygones be bygones. You know, Jesus knows how hard it is for followers, followers to get it right when it comes to our relationships with other people. Jesus knows how hard it is even for Christians to members of his body, the church, to let go of those grievances. He knows that we get it wrong when it comes to letting our faith and relationship with him really dictate us to us how we ought to behave and speak and act. In the gospel reading, Jesus lays it out quite clearly. Being a disciple is serious. And it is hard work. And I, and I use the term work because... Discipleship requires effort. It requires 
perseverance and lots of prayer and and heaps of listening to the guidance of God's Spirit. This is part of our growing together in Christ, isn't it? Carrying a cross, as Jesus said, it's hard work. It involves acceptance and determination and commitment and humility and pain. There's no aspect of Christianity that does not... uh, not involve carrying a cross. It's an essential part of our Christian journey throughout life. One of those crosses that we carry as His disciples is caring and treasuring our relationships with the, with others. Now, uh, the easiest thing to do is just go ahead and walk away. The more difficult thing to do is to forgive and seek reconciliation. In this letter to Philemon, Paul sort of outlines how important forgiveness is to the Christian. And and sometime during Paul's ministry in Ephesus, he meets a man by the name of Philemon. A wealthy man, a slave owner, who had been converted by the Apostle Paul. And for some unknown reason, one of Philemon's slaves, Onesimus, had run away. Now, in that day, it was a crime punishable by death. But somehow, by God's grace, Onesimus ends up in Rome in Paul's company anywhere he comes to faith in Jesus. Now, Onesimus stayed and helped Paul for a while, but he began became to be convinced that he really, need, really needed to go back to his master, Philemon, and put that past into order. Now, Philemon uh, was under no obligation to forgive him, I mean, it could have been a matter of right and wrong. If Philemon was right and Onesimus was wrong. Philemon is a master, Onesimus is a slave. Philemon has the rights, Onesimus does not. But when Paul wrote to Philemon, he wrote this letter of encouragement uh, to forgive Onesimus. And, and one of the things that he wrote in there talks about, uh, you know, he, he may not have been useful to you, but he's useful to me. And, and the name Onesimus means useful. <laughs> sort of a play on his, on his name. And he says, he's not just a slave, but he's more than a slave. He is a dear brother in Christ. That changes everything. That changes everything. That changes the relationship. That changes how they interact with one another. Onesimus was no longer just a slave. He's now a brother to Philemon. A brother to Paul in Christ. All three have been rooted and joined together in Jesus. Uh, perhaps the wound, hurts and wounds that you have experienced or the way someone's taken advantage of you may look totally different from uh, Philemon's situation. But Jesus' encouragement is the same. As a Christian, as a child of God, as a person who's been richly forgiven by Jesus, your goal should be to love and to forgive. In Colossians uh, chapter 2, Paul writes, he says, You are the people of God. He loved you and chose you for His own. So then, you must forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven you. Now, that doesn't sound like an option, right? You know, forgive if you feel like it. Or, or, or forgive only if the other person apologizes first. Paul stating that forgiveness comes out of our relationship with God. I mean, we're, we're dearly loved by Him. Uh, Jesus gave His life for you and me uh, to give us that forgiveness and a renewed relationship with God. Through baptism, we're placed into a special relationship with God and we are His people especially chosen and loved. 
And every day, God renews that relationship with us as He forgives us. He forgives us for the different ways that we come up with to ignore what He wants of us as His children. He forgives us and we turn from Him and we decide to go off and do our own thing. You know, as much as we might look uh, and study for some kind of loophole here for reasons not to forgive those who hurt us, Jesus doesn't give us any room for doubt. That just as God has forgiven us for our persistent and blatant wrong against Him, so are we to forgive one another. Even though we think the other person doesn't deserve it, even though we're deeply hurt by the words and actions of a, of a friend, a family member, or a congregation member, even though we might feel justified in saying, I'm right and they're wrong, nevertheless, an essential part of our faith still holds true. That just as God has forgiven us, so we must forgive one another. What can be plainer than that? <laughs> now, in no way am I saying this is easy. But this is what God desires. Regardless of how badly you've been hurt, regardless of who's inflicted that hurt, forgive and love. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Jesus was right when he said being a disciple is not easy. It's not easy to initiate that forgiveness and that reconciliation. It's a difficult thing to swallow our pride and in love and concern for that other person. Seek them out, sit them down, talk through with what's affected that relationship. Forgive and pray with them. It's especially hard when we think that we're the ones who've been wronged. In a 2010 interview with The Sun, uh, Sister Helen uh, Prejean, uh, the author of the book Dead Man Walking, uh, talked about one of her heroes of faith and forgiveness, Lloyd LeBlanc. Lloyd is the father of David, a 17-year-old murdered uh, by Patrick and Eddie Saunier. Uh, the, when, when neighbors started harassing their mom for their son's actions, Lloyd LeBlanc came to her house with a basket of fruit, and he talked to her that he was a parent too, and he understood that she wasn't responsible for the murder of his son. And the interviewer was pretty amazed at this act of forgiveness and asked the sister, saying, well, how in the world does a parent do such a thing like that? And she replied with this story. She said, Lloyd told me how the sheriff had brought him to the morgue to identify his son's body. David is a beautiful kid, 17 years old, been shot in the back of the head. The sheriff pulled his body out on that cold tray. Lloyd, who was good with his hands who could fix things, looked down at his son and thought, I can't fix this. Then he began to pray. He came to the line in the Lord's Prayer about forgiving those who trespass against us. And he said, I didn't feel like it, but I knew that's where I had to go. And that's where he went. Lloyd embodies that forgiveness, doesn't he? Not just something we can do for others, but forgiveness that says, I'm not going to let this anger, this hatred kill me. I'm going to remain kind and loving. Forgiveness is a pathway for us, not a single act. One's commitment to it is renewed each and every day. So, let's talk about you for a moment. Who is it that has hurt you? 
Have you extended a hand of friendship to that person? Have you ever really forgiven that person to the point that you no longer hold on to any grievance or grudge? Have you forgiven those who refuse to accept your offer of forgiveness and friendship? Sometimes it happens that even though you've been reconciled to a person, you know, things are never really the same, right? Sin has done its damage. But have you reached out to the point where there's no longer that ongoing ill will and resentment? Have you ever taken that person to God in prayer? Now, I would guess that some of you at this point may be a little bit uncomfortable because it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) You and I know full well there have been way too many times that we have been unforgiving and hard-hearted and uncaring toward those with whom we've had a falling out. We found it too hard to let go of the hurt and seek out understanding and forgiveness from the other person. Maybe you're thinking of a situation in your life right now that's a painful memory caused by a broken relationship. And so as we consider that need of forgiveness, we need to remember that we are rooted in Christ and the forgiveness of, of sins that He gives to us. That we grow together in Christ as we live in that forgiveness and we give forgiveness to one another. This affords us the opportunity to branch out to others because we get to tell them of the forgiveness and new life that Jesus has given to us and that He gives to them too. That's what it means to be a disciple. And it's not easy. Paul urges us to turn away from an unforgiving spirit and turn toward our Savior. Jesus on the cross said to those who, were, who had hated Him, Father, forgive them. He is saying the same thing when we gather around His table for the Lord's Supper. He gives forgiveness and reconciliation between us and God. Even though at times we find it hard to be reconciled to those that have hurt us, Jesus' response is His love. Undeserved love and forgiveness. Through the knowledge and power that the Holy Spirit gives us, may we learn how to forgive with generosity and love. Do I have to forgive? No. (laughs) I get to forgive because I've been forgiven and claimed by Jesus. And you have too. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.